They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. Listen to this podcast. Every time you do it makes you laugh. How did your ears get so red? And what the hell is on Jim's head? Mark the calendar right now. This is the day Thoughts That Rock officially jumped the shark. Yep. We're opening with Nickelback. It's not a good sign. Welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on your favorite podcast. It's Thoughts That Rock, the podcast about exchanging life-changing advice squeezed into about half an hour. We know exactly what's going on with your life, too. I mean, we don't really know, but we know you're busy and you don't have time to grab some leadership nuggets. I mean, they're hard to come by, right? Which is why it doesn't really matter what's going on. You could be paying your bills right now or wrapping Christmas gifts. Or practicing jujitsu doesn't really matter to us. We just want to be the 30 minutes that you look forward to every single week. Just a reminder, Thoughts That Rock helps support Cannonball Kids Cancer, a fantastic nonprofit focused on providing options to kids with cancer who've been told that they've run out of options. Uh, What makes CKC completely unique is they help identify innovative options and then provide the funding necessary for the treatment to get as many kids into these trial programs as possible. And uh, we just love what they do. They provide everything that these kids need, including hope. And because of that, we absolutely love them and support their work. Yeah. And just a quick reminder, whatever format you're listening to the podcast, if you love our show, and we hope that you do, we just ask that you take a second afterwards to rate it. And even more importantly, give us a review. Believe it or not, those written comments really do help get us in front of the people that we need to grow the show but also better support cannibal kids cancer yeah and you know uh, listen sometimes it takes a little uh inspiration a little motivation jim yeah it and does so we get them in the mood if you know what i'm saying listen to this podcast oh god oh no. are we done <laughs> you know what time it is. i do it's, it's business time business time Our guest today, the one and only Idea Whisperer, she is amazing. It is Tamsin Webster, keynote speaker, brand strategist, go-to consultant. Um, She's someone who helps people find, build, and tell the stories of their ideas using something she calls the red thread, which I will tell you is how I have built every talk I have Mm -hmm. done in the last two years. Uh, Tamsin, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. I am so excited to be here, Jim and Brant. Oh, it's been, I'm just, been, I've been so excited about this conversation. It's, I'm, yes, I'm excited. Hello. You know, uh, for us, it, it's almost like we're, we're a little in awe. So, yeah. so it's, it's one of those things where you have, you have this <laughs> person, <laughs> yeah, you know, where you have this person who is, who has affected your life in ways that she doesn't even know, um, and, and conversations that, um, you know, her background is amazing. And of course, we'll have her full bio in the show notes. 
Uh, but just a couple of quick highlights. She spent 20 years in marketing as a brand and message strategist. She was uh, 14 years with Weight Watchers and, and just has some amazing stories and, and ways of which that really transformed her uh, her work that she does today. Uh, she spent four years as a TEDx executive producer. She's coached experts and pioneers all over the world. Uh, has a combined 9 million YouTube Crazy. Views. 9 million. It, you know, the, the, the truth is... Um, that she helps people do their job better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that for people like us who make their living standing on stages, trying to communicate a message to people and, and having them walk away transformed, uh, she uh, arguably is the most important person in our life. <laughs> so, oh. oh, that's so sweet. Oh my gosh. No well, pressure now. No, no pressure at all. No. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's the, it's the truth. And, and it's something that, um, People think that that sometimes I think speakers just get on stage and wing it and they're just good storytellers, but there's so much planning uh, that goes into it and so much thought that goes into crafting a narrative uh, that resonates. And um, it's it, I will tell you this, you're the only YouTube channel that I subscribe to. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I better that? get on making more of those <laughs> yes. videos. Actually, which my, I am planning to do that within the next couple of weeks. So well, good. Stay tuned Fan- for the YouTube channel. Fantastic. Well, you know, we do things a little bit differently here, Tamsin, uh, versus the traditional interview style. We like to jump right to the meat and potatoes. So uh, the floor is open. We would love to know what is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock. My thought that rocks is that you don't get to choose how someone else interprets you. You only get to choose the experiences you offer them. Mm, Love it. Mm, Unpack that for us. Oh, Lordy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, that was a piece of advice that was given to me um, uh, after I had screwed up badly. Uh, (laughs) Isn't that where all great, great advice comes from? Of course. Totally. Um, so this was back in uh, a time when I was working at an advertising agency and I was the head of digital strategy uh, and kind of community management. Um, and I had come up with this, what I considered to be this amazing idea. Uh, but I also knew that it was very much against kind of traditional ways that advertising agencies in particular do their work. Uh, and I knew that it was co- going to come right up against kind of the head of strategy that was there. Um, and so I did I did a, a not good thing. And that was that I started to build this independently of this other team. And, I, you know, that was obviously looking back, not the right thing to do. <laughs> um, but it, it's also, you know, it's there's a reason why I'm an entrepreneur. I'm pretty much sure I'm, I'm, I'm unemployable now by, <laughs> by regular people. Um, but what happened was that, you know, it was one of those things where it was this great idea. And it was that once it, it once I started to try to roll it out and people realized that I had gotten to a point of development and, and frankly, approval for it from other folks without in, involving my lateral colleagues, uh, the idea was dead in the water. And this, of course, crushed me because it was like, it was a great idea. And, and, and I'm, yes, of course, it was my idea. So I think it was. Um, but, you know, my, my boss is the head of the agency. They, they all thought it was great, too. Um, and yet, of course, it just it went horribly, horribly wrong. So um, and I was really crushed by this. Mm. And, you know, in the midst of 
all of this, of course, you have no ability to look at yourself or what you did objectively because you're like, it was a great idea. Why didn't everyone love it? Um, and so my boss at the time, an extraordinarily wise woman uh, named Maya, uh, my dentist, she, um, she sat me down and she's like, Tamsin, I'm going to give you a piece of feedback that was given to me. Um, and this, of course, made me perk up because like I just, you know, they're like I said, I'm pretty much unemployable. There's very few bosses in my history that I really, really just hundred percent like respect. She just understood me. She got me. She understood how to manage this unemployable person, um, unmanageable person. Um, and so for her to say that she was giving me a piece of advice that she had been given, I was like, Oh wow. I, I, I need to hear this. Um, and so what she told me was this, she said that you know, when, when you receive feedback, like when someone says something to you about how they see you, like, and, or, you know, they're like, you know, how could you do that? That was underhanded. That was, you know, you're a lone wolf. I mean, these are all things that I heard at that time, you know, and my response, of course, was like, well, that's not what I meant. I wasn't trying to, you know, I wasn't trying to undo them. I was just trying to make sure this idea got out. But, you know, she said, listen, that's, that's, that's actually not your job to worry about because it, it doesn't really matter ultimately what your intent was. Um, you know, what she says, you, you, you won't really, it's not even worth it really to spend time thinking about why what they think is true or not right. and whether or not they have the whole context. Um, I, you know, and the heart of it was really what she said next. She said, ask yourself, is this what I want them to think about me? Hmm. And if it is, then you, you carry it on. You, you, you know, you're like, great. If I don't care that these people think that thing of me, then that gives you, then, then you absolve yourself and you don't waste any more energy on it. Yeah. But if it isn't, if you care about those people, you care about your employability, um, then it's your job, Tamsin, she said to work their work to change their experiences with you. Um, and that's, you know, I tell you, like, I just keep I just keep giving this advice to anybody else that I can. I give it to my kids. I'm giving it to you. Because um, it really made a huge difference in yeah. my work there. And also, I think there's a clear thread, pun semi-intended, to what I do now as a result. I think it's it's incredibly interesting. So in, in the work that that I've done over the last, gosh, six or eight years now, um, specifically in the behavior space, the behavioral science space anyways, of collaboration specifically mm -hmm. with, with banding people together. Um, you know, one of the things we often find is when you talk about crafting the experience, uh, that, that people have when they work with you, um, you know, what we find is that separating the behavior from the person is incredibly important uh, to, to maintain some level of sanity and not just have that <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to maybe a bad choice of words or a bad um, way that they, they decided to express themselves in, in some way, shape, or form that might not be how you would do it. And what we have found is that the, the more clear we can communicate, well, you know, we do this exercise called Words Matter. And what we do is we take uh, we take 
a lyric, actually the, the, the first verse of the Beatles song, get by with a little help for my friends. Mm, yep. And what we tell them, we break them into their collaborative voice style. So in the, in the banding methodology, um, similar to something like disc or, or Myers-Briggs, yep. uh, we use things that are, are, uh, a custom, uh, proprietary methodology that, that banding developed that breaks them into, um, famous rock stars. And so, so cool. And so I want to go. It's <laughs> oh, great. It is a, it is an incredible experience. And one of the things that we do is, so we, we break them into four corners based on their collaborative voice. And we say, what we want you to do is we want you to take the, the lyric that's in front of you, take that one verse and rewrite the verse to say the exact same thing, but use your words, use the words that mm. you would choose, not the words that they used. And, and the most incredible thing happens is that as we go around the room and we look at the rewrites, uh, they're completely different and they sound different. They have, they express different things, even though we gave everyone the same exact instructions, we told oh, them I to say it. the yeah. same thing, but man, does it come out differently when you've got sort of these people that are maybe uh, task driven on one side and, and reactive. Um, they're so direct and to the point. It's, it's, it can be a semi-offensive or at least a little aggressive in, in how they choose to express Very themselves, yes. right? Get to the point. And yep. on the other side, we have that, that, that same reactive, but, but the people driven side of things, the more relationship driven. Mm -hmm. So that's the, they use the metaphors and they use the big picture and they use all the, 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 the nice heart warming words, um, that they want to paint the story, um, that they're telling. Um, and then you start to move down to people who are planners, uh, yeah. on, and, and these planners have, first of all, on the planners and task driven people, they'll ask me 10 questions before they write the first word, right? <laughs> because they want, they want to be absolutely sure of the instructions before they even put the marker to, to the, uh, to the paper. And then on the other side, we had the, the relationship driven planners, you know, they're over there and they want consensus on everything before they'll share anything. And so it, it's just incredible to watch what happens, how quickly one, one group will finish as opposed to another. But, but when you walk around the room mm. and you say, listen, we all were told to express the same exact sentiment, but is that what you feel in the room? Is that the experience that you're having? And the answer is no. And so when you're aware that there are other people that choose to express themselves differently, um, even when saying the same thing, it really opens your eyes up to, to the type of experience that people have when they choose to interact with you. hundred percent. I, yes, I'm, I'm a convert. I, consider me a raving <laughs> fan. Yes. I, I mean, it's, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's very similar to what I spend a fair amount of time talking about these days, um, which is that this, you know, even before that, like how, you know, understanding that there's a di different communication style that people have is kind of coming back one step but, uh, right behind that to kind of this basic human need that we all have to be smart, capable, and good. That's how I like to sum it up. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this is, it is, it drives so much of what we do. We want to be smart, capable, and good. We believe we are. And even if we don't believe we are, we want to be seen that way. Um, and so one of the things that I found so helpful and that, that what you're talking about immediately brings to mind is that if we can first 
assume that of the person that we're talking to assume that whatever they're doing is coming from a place of they them believing they are or wanting to be smart capable and good and understanding that everything that they do and say is going to be internally consistent with that belief for them um, it tends to make it a lot easier to understand people who otherwise we'd consider to be just raving lunatics yes. because we're like mm-hmm. oh how could you possibly think that yeah um but if you you know, I, it, you know, with the work that I do, uh, I feel it's so critical that it's it's up to us. Like, if you're the person trying to get the idea across or the message across, it's up to you to do the work of figuring out how that person is going to hear it best. It's up to you to do that work to yeah. figure out what their case would be for that message. Um, and if you if that fails, then you know, the way that I've always looked at it is then that's a, that's that's my failure. That's not them. Um, and I just find that that's, it keeps me very grounded <laughs> um, in, in, in kind of understanding multiple perspectives. But it also is great because it makes the it means that you actually start to see the world in a much broader way. Oh, yeah. When you kind of say, why would they say it that way? Why would they do it that way? If I assume that they're smart, capable and good, why does that make sense? And how can I take how it makes sense to them and connect what I'm trying to get across in a way that they'll get it. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I think it's, so you came out with something recently you put out um, to your, to your red thread subscribers and even to uh, the speaking group that, that we are all very fond of. And, and mm. it was this baseball diamond basically that, that you created for getting people to understand sort of the audience uh, as mm-hmm. to where they're at. And the thing that I, th- this is what I loved about that particular illustration. Um, I, the way that I would describe what you put out there is it's sort of broken down into the what, why, and how. And It is. And Are you psychic? Did you read my <laughs> newsletter this morning? Uh, not yet. The, 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 because that's exactly is it, it, actually. Okay. Yes. All right. Perfect. Yes. So, so so then you, you did a great you, job of yes. communicating that to me. Super. Uh, all right. You, so and Or you're just brilliant. <laughs> well, oh, I didn't want to go there, Jim, but that's fine. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tamsin. That's fine. <laughs> let me let me snap just sit my here hat. for a second. Let me make my hat just a little bigger. All right. Uh, so the idea, uh, Tanza, for me is this, is that where, where I think most of us struggle is that we try to include the what, why, and how in everything. And, and it's, su- yes. it's such a long journey that, yeah. that we end up either skipping over a step or rushing through a step so we can get mm-hmm. to the how and, and without getting incredibly uh, political, this to me is what I, I struggle with with every politician on the planet <laughs> is that they just want to tell me the how and I want to know the what and why more than than the how because the fact is when they get into office the how is going to change and mm-hmm. and so what I care about is what do you care about what is it that mm. that is your non-negotiables and I want to know why and if I believe in my heart that that's where you are we can deal with the how later but if mm-hmm. you if we don't share those values if we don't share the things that matter most then that's where I'm going to have a disconnect um, and and I think oftentimes they fall into that same trap where it's like okay let's jump to the how I'm going to fix it and I don't even know if they're engaged in in, in this battle that I know is going to be a, much longer than they're anticipating um, oh yes 100%. That, that's what that was about for me when I saw that illustration. 
Yeah, I mean, because um, the, the, the way that I've started to think about it, and one of the reasons why I love writing those newsletters every week is it just, honestly, I, I find new things about ideas as I'm writing about them, um, was that, you know, really the way that our we reach a decision to act, to choose to act, to whatever it is, um, you know, kind of it's a three-step process. And, and a lot of times we, even if, even if your audience or even if your clients or customers are asking, how do we do this? Um, you actually have to back up and make sure you've answered that, that mm-hmm. why and that what question first, um, because that's how the brain works. Mm. Like you have to understand first and then you have to agree and then you will act like that's that's the order that it happens. And so you're right. We can't swoosh all of those things into one message and expect people to make that entire movement and uh in in one message it's not it's not going to happen you can touch on it so that they understand kind of where you are and where you're coming from but also what that allows you and them to do is understand what question do they need you to spend more time on Uh, do they need to understand from your perspective, like what is actually the thing that's getting in the way of what they want, which is how I interpret like the why question. Sure. I may be asking you, you know, how can I set my brand apart with my, you know, or how, how can I increase loyalty to my brand? It sounds like a how question, but unless they really understand fundamentally what your perspective is on why they aren't getting it right now, why they, why, what's breaking then it doesn't even matter if you tell them how really correct because they're not it's 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 that depth of understanding isn't going to be there they're not going to stick with that decision well it goes back to what you're saying about the uh the feedback portion of your thought i i think your thought even though it's coming from somebody and here you are passing it on and now we'll be able to put it into part of our language is really about is this what I want them to think about me? That's what you said, right? And, right. and so yeah. if you don't give them the how and the why and the what and all that, it's gonna they're going to interpret it, like you said earlier, the way that they want to. And there's nothing wrong with that. People get a chance to do that. But if you want to influence and impact and get them to think differently about you or the experiences that you provide, then you got to go and do that. And so to your point, you've got to give them a little bit more detail. And You know, this is why when I first saw this, it reminded me of, uh, you know, Franklin Covey. They've got those, the the 360 assessments, and there's a lot of different Mm -hmm. versions. And actually, I think, Brant, you were saying DISC or Myers-Briggs or whatever. There's different types of assessments out there. But I love a 360, and I used to do this annually. I did it every single year because, and for those that don't know, you know, most people will give you feedback 180 degrees, right? It's your boss is going, here's what you need to work on. You need to fix these weaknesses, whatever. I love a 360 because it is 360 degrees. It's not only from your boss, but also your direct reports, also laterally your peers. You even get to do one. And so when you do this report, and it's hilarious, I think I probably freaked out the first time I saw it because, (laughs) you know, you might be saying, I'm awesome at communication, but yeah. these other eight people go, you suck at communication. Right. So right. you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Yes. But, but you got to go with where everybody else sees you, right? That's their truth. So if you get to that point and you go, geez, I'm probably not good at it. If everybody else is saying that I can either to your point, Tamson, I can accept it and go, I'm just going to be a jerk. And this is how I like to communicate. Or I want to change their view of me. You know, something has to change in the experiences that I provide. And so, you know, you might spend a little bit more money on a tool like that. But to your point, if you just had a little bit more awareness saying you, you can't disregard 
the the way that they're going to view you, but you can totally change it if if that's what you want to do, right? That's that's really the point of the quote of the thought. Absolutely, and and the point, the way that it really drives so much of what I do now is that you could do a lot of that thinking ahead of time. And to to loop in what you guys were uh, both talking about, you know, we the only thing you know so we when we're meeting humans or you know interpreting them we're always constant you guys know this we're always constantly looking for two things we're looking for capability and intent like are you able to do the thing and why are you doing it are you doing it because your friend or foe are you trying to help me or are you trying to help yourself mm-hmm. and the thing is is that even though we all want to be judged by our intent like we judge other people by their actions because you there's, we can't read people's intent. So we interpret intent through what they say and what they do. And so what that means is, yeah, you could just go in and, and kind of like, like a bowl of China shop, be like, I'm just going to do this thing and say this thing. And sure. you guys are going to figure out my intent. But the, the, the exercise you all talked about shows how wildly different yeah. even just the same words can be interpreted by folks, not even talking about the actions, right? And the thing is, people are always already uh taking into account like prior history with you too if they've got it and so you've got this you know if you do want to change what people's experiences are of you so that you can change how they view you um that means doing a lot of that work ahead of time and really being extra thoughtful about positioning what it is that you're trying to say not in your language but in theirs and in mimicking their actions not yours you know and just an easy way that i you know i you know, I've often counseled, you know, when I was employed and I had people that worked for me, um, uh, I should say employed by other people than them myself. Um, what I would, what I would say to people is if somebody sends you a one line email, send them a one line email back. Like do not answer a one line nice. email with yeah. 70 paragraphs because that's not the kind of email that person sends. That's correct. So just even just by mimicking that simple, simple action, does this person call you? then call them. I know you don't like to call, but clearly they do. So you need to mimic what they're doing, especially if you're trying to uh, understand the world from their point of view. And if you're in that position of really wanting to, you know, to, to shape their experiences in a way that more clearly shows the intent that you, that you actually have. I was just thinking when, when we were talking about the collaborative harmony index, that's the tool that brands talking about where it assesses you based off of that sort of rock star mentality. And, I, you would love probably not only taking that, and we've been very lucky to hang out with your husband, Tom, and we, we talked <laughs> music, I think probably for about 30 minutes and TV shows and a yes. bunch of other stuff. You guys being fans of music, you know, can't you see them brand taking oh, that? Yeah. And just, I wonder what kind of, uh, we'll, we'll uh, make it happen. Which, yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll oh, make I'd that like happen. I, I love tests like that. I adore them. I adore them. So I, I would be delighted. Well, this is perfect. And I want to know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who doesn't? Like, am I? Do you have Joe Bias on there? You, you, <laughs> listen. No, you, no, we do not have. Joe unfortunately, Bias. Joe Bias is not one of the four. You, you might know, be surprised. I think. Uh, I think we'd have some people struggling to to know who Joan Bias was from. Uh, that's probably you know, true. she and, does, yeah. she hasn't reached that universal uh, under the age of of you know, know like us. I'm dating myself. No, you're dating you know, all of us. I know. Well, it's funny. <laughs> But I mean, I was like the awkward kid that when I was 16, I was listening to Dylan and Baez, not like everything, and Depeche Mode. So just like make that all work together. I don't know. But it was a rebellion for my older sister that was definitely into like prog rock and you know, yes. Echo and the Bunny yeah. and Fine Young Cannibals. So well. like it's kind of indirectly familiar, but like my deep knowledge is on like big band music and 
folk rock of the 60s. <laughs> well, my my wife thought that the Carpenters sang most of the Beatles songs because it's the only version that uh, her parents would allow in the house wow. growing up. So <laughs> as we were, That's amazing. Yeah, as we were sitting there in college, she's like, oh, I love this Carpenters song. And I'm like, uh, that's a Beatles song. And she's like, what? The Carpenters sing that song. And I'm like, I've come to find out years later, it's because she had the Carpenters sing the Beatles album. And uh, that's that's how she uh, yeah, interpreted yeah. that. Yeah. So, so I've got a question for you two, because sure. this is one of my favorite questions to ask of other people. Bring Stones it. or Beatles? Stones or Beatles? Oh, Beatles. you know, I'm, so a, I'm a Beatles guy. I'm going to go <laughs> say right down the middle. I, I like both. I know you're supposed to pick one you or the can't. other. I, I no. know. If I had to choose, I'd go Beatles as well. <laughs> yeah, be- not even. It's not even close. It's it's not <laughs> even close. The Stones were the it's bad so- boys. The Beatles, you, you know, they, you bring the, home to mom. If the Stones started today, they wouldn't even make the top fifty. <laughs> that's how. That's. I'm sorry. The Beatles. Are you if, saying they're like the Nickelback of? Uh, wow. Like, wh- you know. Now, <laughs> listen. Sorry. Them's are fighting words. <laughs> we just lost half our Canadian audience. This is a game we play. If anybody ever brings up Nickelback, well, I just, I just, interview over. Nickelback with stones. That can't be all bad. She said the magic word. Tamsin, that's our safe word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, one day we're gonna have Nickelback on the show. Brit, yes. Jim. I'm yes. <laughs> That, uh, yeah, listen, here's the thing. The Beatles, um, every album was different. Every album was different. And Mm. and they found success with every album they came out with and they just continued to grow. Um, To me, that's what makes them so incredibly amazing. If you listen to, you know, three or four albums apart of each other, you wouldn't even know it's the same band. And that is incredibly risky in the music business um, but to do it and to do it at such a level that you continue to find the success and you don't lose the fans that love the she loves you from the walrus yeah. <laughs> um, yes, you, exactly. you, it, it's a little bit different uh, there but to keep those fans and and honestly encourage them to grow with you that's mm. that's stunning to me I feel yeah. the same way about and, Nickelback <laughs> yes and when, it's such a short time frame too for the Beatles that is that's yeah. amazing to me is that you know they've got music so Tom and I listen to WERS which is this great um, radio station out of Emerson College right up the street from us and it was definitely like the equivalent would be they play what I would consider the equivalent is like the spectrum on Sirius XM yeah. kind of like you know classics and plus new music um, mix and it's amazing to me just to hear how seamlessly I mean, Beatles music feeds into current day stuff. Um, and and just just to think about at this point how old some of that music is, is just astounding to me. It's just amazing. So I'm obviously a Beatles girl, too. But um, as I've as I've as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate the Stones a little bit more than I did in, in you know, back in back in my Joe Baez, Bob Dylan days. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I always love asking people that question because it's usually a very violent response. Yeah. They're well, like, oh, totally stones. Like, what are you even talking about? Well, it should. This should give you the truth. Is that they just did a shitty movie called Yesterday, which 
only was good because they used the Beatles music, yeah. but the plot and the the whole it's like it was nothing. It was wrapped flimsily around the fact that everyone loves Beatles music, but it was a terrible movie <laughs> that that found success solely because of the Beatles music. So that should tell you there are no Stones movies coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Though, like, if Gibby Shelter gets used for, like, one more alcoholic breakdown. Oh, my gosh. I mean, That's right. you know. <laughs> You know, if Microsoft is the one grabbing your music, you're, uh, you know, in a da- downward, deathward spiral. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, I don't know. Obviously, see, Apple now, people. Now yes. Just, like, answered the Mac PC <laughs> question. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes. We've got two of your questions solved. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Listen, Tenzin, we, uh, we cannot thank you enough. Uh, you've been on our, the top of our list to Love get you her. on this show. Um, for, for so many reasons, um, we just we, we respect and admire you so much. Uh, your, your wisdom and what you put out, honestly, for free uh, on, on your YouTube channels and through your red threads and your newsletters and all, all those sorts of things. Um, they're just so incredibly impactful uh, that um, for, for people like us, but, but not just the people who are in that speaking world or anybody who's trying to live a better life and, and be a better communicator. Um, there's so many nuggets of wisdom in what you put out that we just can't thank you enough uh, for oh, saying my yes pleasure. to being on oh, Thoughts That Rock. So kind. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to talk to you guys every morning if this is. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Good. we don't do this to everyone. Most everyone right. else is like, we're out of here. But uh, <laughs> what is, uh, listen, I know you've got some projects coming up um, that, that we are both very excited about. Um, I know you, you have uh, occasionally your red thread weekends that you do and some of the private consulting you do. Um, what you have a little, maybe next big project you want to let people know about? Well, the next big project is, uh, there, there's going to be a book, there's going to be a red thread book, um, which will come out, I think like latter half of next year. Mm -hmm. Um, but really meant to be a companion, uh, the way I've always described it to my publisher, I'm doing it with the fine, fine folks at page two, uh, out in Vancouver, um, that, uh, I want it to be kind of a, a handbook. Like I want it to be like, I'm sitting on your shoulder, kind of help walking you through it. You've got an idea that you really want to make sure it's strong and that you make the strongest case for it. Um, it's I'm envisioning it to be a, a short sweet and just a little, a little Tamsin in your pocket. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Love it. What is the best way that people can stay in touch with you, can follow you, um, social media? Uh, Best way, absolutely, uh, my website and more specifically the newsletter. Uh, the newsletter, as you kindly pointed out, is uh, where I share everything first. Um, it's where you can see me kind of work out new ideas. And it's certainly where people are going to be getting previews of that book. I, I can tell you that for darn sure. Um, but it's it's great. I love, I love the folks that read my newsletter. They're very active. They kind of respond back. I have them try out new tools that I'm working on and also just share fun stuff that I uh, that I f- come across over the course of the week that can help make your own storytelling and, and case making and messages that much more interesting and exciting. And is that newsletter, Tamsin? That's on your website, TamsinWebster.com, yeah. right? TamsinWebster.com. That's right. There's lots of little boxes everywhere where you can sign there or make it super easy. You can go to TamsinWebster.com slash content and you'll see a little button there that says newsletter and you can just press that, put your name and email in and on you will go. 
Awesome. Fantastic. Well, again, we uh, enjoyed every second of this. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best and can't wait uh, for the next time. Uh, maybe when the when the book comes out, we get you back on again. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Your second and appearance. In the meantime, what a great experience since we sp- spoke so much of experiences today. So uh, I, I, I hope your listeners uh, have fun kind of delving into changing their own experiences as well. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Tanzan. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Rock on. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we're exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers, the industry's leading resource for booking conference keynotes. To start your unforgettable experience, go to KeplerSpeakers.com. Until next time, rock Rock on. on.